I just can't figure out if it's because you're advanced or because I'm stunted. You take the red pill. You stay in wonder. I am McLovin. You do not talk about Fight Club. Life moves pretty fast. You don't stop and look around once in a while. You could miss it. Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of the Glacé Film Club podcast. Yes, here we are. We've had a little bit of a summer break, but I'm sure we all need a bit of sunshine on our backs. We've had a bit. I hope you've had a nice summer as well. But here we are back for some more film reviews. And have we got some for you? We're going to be diving into some new films, old films as always. And the constant that's always here, it's not just me, it is my good friend, film lover, and now cosmopolitan gentleman, it's Callum. Callum, hello, welcome. You've got a lot to report on. You've had a lot of life over summer. Um, how has it been? Yeah, good. Um, I am now, as Stuart Lee would say, part of the metropolitan liberal elite. Absolutely. Um, I have joined the liberal elite. I have moved to the big smoke. Um, I have made the journey south. I survived. I am here. I am well. I live. Um. <laughs> you are now in the, the cultural centre of the country to really help kick the Glacé Film Club up into those higher echelons of society and I'm grateful for you sacrificing yourself for that. Well that's why I've come here like um, just to, all for the podcast, purely for the podcast. That's your dedication to it and you know this is why uh, everyone in the Glacé Film Club loves you for it. Thank you for dedicating yourself so wholeheartedly. Well, it's just it's it's how I roll, really. It's uh, I I'm I'm a, I'm a dedicated man, Marcus. You are, um, you are. But I've had a very very exciting summer. I travelled around the deep south of the U.S. as everyone, as who's ever known me, um, I have told. I have told everyone that I've done this. <laughs> keep spreading it. Keep spreading the news. I feel like it's become part of my identity now. Oh, yeah, I did a road trip over the summer. You know, like, um, <laughs> now move to London. I'm, I'm just just practicing, practicing the conversation that I'm going to have with everybody that I meet. Yeah, uh, yeah. I did a really road trip over the summer. You know, talk about it on the podcast. You know, it's like so. I just, I just moved to London now. Just, uh, yeah. So I'm practicing all the all the stereotypes, all the the caricatures. I am I am rehearsing them all. Um, but you know, great summer, great summer. Um, how was yours? You you went away as well. Yeah, I've had a little bit of time in the sun. I was in the south of France. You know, a little Lovely. bit. I think it was a bit calmer than your experience of dashing around America. But it felt nice to, as I say, get a bit of sun, relax, take a step back. Had a lot of good swimming pool, looking over the mountains. Time, nice walks into villages, soaking in the culture chin wagging eating drinking and then a little few days in nice at the end to soak all that in so it was brilliant loved it reignited my love of france and i'll definitely be going back there for some more of the french life once again soon sounds very nice yeah, I think we've brought uh, we've brought um, a nice mix of experiences with us over summer. I feel refreshed after the break, but of course, every day I was thinking about film whilst I was there. It's always on the mind, Callum, and here we are diving <laughs> back in to chat about some films. The, 
the joke went. The, I I made a joke about Nice and Nice then, and it, it's just sorry, like, it, 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 it didn't register. <laughs> I think I've probably heard it too many times whilst I was there that um, it's now all blurred into one. But I appreciate your attempts at comedy. We do need to. I gave it. I gave it to the podcast. I gave it a good go, but that that, that fell flat on its ass, didn't it? <laughs> I do apologise. I do. I let it. Oh, damn it, um, Marcus. I damn it. Afterwards. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just edit, edit, edit. Like people cheering and fanfare playing at the yeah. joke. I don't want the listeners thinking that your comedic efforts are falling flat. So we'll make sure that is addressed. And if you are listening, please can you send Callum some encouragement for his comedic efforts? That would be um, muchly appreciated. But that's enough of the chit chat, Callum. We've got another film to review. We, do. we had our 50th review last time. We poured our hearts into that. But now we're back to business, getting stuck in to films, giving our opinion, good or bad. And we've gone a recent release here, watched in the cinema. I always enjoy it when we get to go to the cinema. I went to a cinema I've never been to before for this one. Apparently it was an independent, but yeah, it was a chain. Still getting my head around that. Um, but enjoyed the cinema experience. Callum, I'll throw to you now to tell everyone what the film is and give one of your classic overviews of the film itself. The film is the highest grossing film of 2022. It grossed $1.4 billion. Can you even comprehend that? Worldwide. $1.4 billion worldwide. Um, It was premiered at CinemaCon on April 28th, 2022. And the film is, drumroll, Top Gun Maverick. Top Gun Maverick. 2022 American action film directed uh, by Joseph Kosinski. Um, Obviously, for those action fans out there, um, it's the sequel to the 1986 uh, film Top Gun, of the same name, just not Maverick, uh, Top Gun. Uh, 30 years... After graduating from the Top Gun Academy, it's this elite fighter school, Pete Maverick Mitchell uh, is asked to return, basically. Um, and he's asked to return to train these new pilots up to do on this super dangerous mission to try and uh, destroy these missile SAM sites, which are definitely not in Russia or China. Um, it's it's never really it, unmentioned, no, nondescript. Uh, it's unmentioned, yeah. It's unmentioned, nondescript. But when they're flying around, even though it's filmed in Maryland and California, it looks like it's in the Ural Mountains. It's all very, very suspect. Uh, so basically, he has to train up these uh, uh, elite fighter pilots to perform this incredibly uh, dangerous mission. Uh, basically, it's this unsanctioned uranium plant um, in an unspecified enemy nation and it sits in a canyon and it's defended by these air missiles that um, can quite easily kill any American uh, fighter jet ever made um, so Maverick has to train up these um, these budding uh, cocky uh, fighter pilots to try and accomplish this really dangerous mission Um it's a great popcorn summer movie. I personally loved it. I thought it was great. It was funny. Um, the soundtrack's great. It's ridiculous. Um, it doesn't take itself seriously. It's very self-conscious of what it is. It is literally just an all-out 
popcorn action movie. Lots of themes creeping in there, though. Uh, films about sort of duty, honour, nostalgia as well. Um, for not, not least for the franchise, but also just for the past as well. The characters are, the characters, all, all the original characters are in there pretty much. So there's a lot of, a lot of references to the original there. Um, and it's just a really, really good movie. It's just well shot. The cinematography is pretty cool. Um, it's very conscious of what it is. It's not breaking any boundaries in terms of cinematography or any sort of like, you know, filmmaking capability. It's just a fun, fun movie to watch, and it's yeah, it's good. That's the well, that's the. Thank overview. you very much, Callum, for another one of your wonderful overviews. I thought you were in danger of uh, summarizing the whole film. Uh, without us reviewing it then so i'm just going to stop no, no. <laughs> stop you in your tracks so we do get a full episode out of this um but thank you once again top gun maverick yes yeah, so i was teetering on the edge of watching this for a while i'll be honest i had no intention of watching it when it came out um not a fan of the original and i always like to caveat when we watch a film that's not a genre i enjoy is not really a big action fan not many that come to mind, if any, action films that I love. That's my own hang-up. That's fine. But I went into this with an open mind. After hearing that it was quite different to the first and went in different directions, it was definitely worth seeing to uh, appreciate what they'd done differently. And many were saying a good film. So my initial reaction from watching it was, yeah, I agree with that. It, it did go in a different direction from the first. Not in the way of necessarily plot and um, performance and style, but in the way overall that it was done a bit tongue-in-cheek. And I think that's the key to this. And everything we will discuss now, I think there's always got to be harking back to this style of how consciously is it tongue-in-cheek and why is it done in that way. But it's definitely over cheesed it's it picks up on catchphrases and kind of labors them in a wink to the camera sort of way and there is comedic moments i was i was tittering in the cinema it's no by no means rolling on the floor laughing but it is it's humorous funny there's good stuff and the aesthetic of it is they really like draw upon the original and that kind of genre of the 80s and play onto it and you do feel that there is a bit of a wink to the camera. And I think this is the only way this film would have been successful. If they tried to replicate it with a straight bat, then it would have just felt ridiculous. Because the first film is ridiculous. and But it's saved by the fact that there's a lot of films in that genre of the era that looking back, and probably at the time looking at, are ridiculous, where it's very like macho, uh, cliched, overly patriotic whereas this has all of those tropes but they are purposefully overdone and also linked back to the original to make you think okay they know what they're doing here and that's the point so i think as a viewer you get more out of it if you go at it um looking at it as if it is being done in a cheesy wink to camera where you need to catch that wink from the director or else this is than just another action film copied from that. And for that reason, I did enjoy it. Not groundbreaking, like you say, Callum, and nothing much bigger than it was a compelling action film, and I just liked that idea of playing with it and it being a bit tongue-in-cheek. But what I would say from the action genre, from someone who's not a big fan of action, is that the last third of the film really grabbed me in terms of 
the chase sequences, the high drama, and then like the resolution of this this mission, which of course was always gonna come together in this big yeah uh, patriotic uh, success way. But that's what you wanted from it, and I think it is done in a way that's not too obvious and is enjoyable and immerses you within it in a style which is quite unique and is very good cinematography, especially through the camera styles within the cockpit. So instant reaction was, didn't blow me away, but definitely brought me in to enjoy a film in a genre that I don't necessarily enjoy and had a lot of time for how they were playing with the structure of it and being very self-aware. I love a film that is self-aware, as I always talk about my idea of meta-fiction that I love or anything meta in a film, and this had a soft element of meta to it, and um, for that, I did enjoy the element of it. Callum, do you want to give us a bit more into what your initial thoughts, feelings, and kind of how this links to what you thought about the first film as well? Well, I, I, I watched, I already watched the first movie, and I really didn't like it. It just wasn't for me. I, I, I mean, I, I felt it was... Uh, the first movie was just a bit dated for me, personally. However, over the last, I would say probably about six months, I've really, really sort of, like, got into all, like, action movies, or action as a genre. I'm not talking about sort of, like, you know, your, 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 your Jason Statham type of action movies. Not those types of movies, but, like, action movies that build on a legacy or build on nostalgia, specifically from the 1980s. I've really got, I've just really, I don't know what it is, I just, I've just got into that genre of movies lately so when i went uh no just just the, the tropes so i like the mission impossible movies for example okay um even though they're quite modern they're a reference to um sort of what was happening in the in the late 80s early 90s mm-hmm. the born movies as well um they're really really good um because basically all every modern action sequence particularly james bond has been inspired by Born and Mission Impossible, and there's there's so many references to it all, and there's a bit of a monopoly in Hollywood on that at the moment. Tom Cruise is very much the the actor that's sort of monopolizing that at the moment. Yeah. But I just kind of I just got in. I don't know. I just I just find him fun to watch. I guess um, in a world where you know everything's taken so seriously, it's just quite nice to sort of like zone out and look at an action movie that makes you sort of laugh and this movie I, the, that thing that you did where, where you said it like winks at the camera it very much does yeah. that it's very self-conscious of the fact that it is ridiculous sort of hyperbolized action hyperbolized masculinity is almost laughing at it in a way and, and I thought it was quite funny uh, for that reason I mean the moment it opens and the jets are landing on an air, aircraft carrier and danger zone is playing I just thought it's hilarious it's just, it's just ridiculous. Like the whole premise of it is ridiculous. Yeah. Like these, like yeah, yeah, it is American ridiculous guys with aviators as on, like flat. Um, Say again, yeah, sorry. The whole, the whole element of it is ridiculous in that way. But I think that's the point, isn't it? It's like we are making a ridiculous film based on a ridiculous film. Exactly. Yeah, and it's just that that pastiche and that that layered. It's just, I just think it's quite funny. Um, yeah. Yeah, like and the uh, the way it's shot, I thought was great. The soundtrack, I really like the soundtrack. Again, the soundtrack's funny. It's that sort of like uh, overly glorious. You feel like um, you've just watched like someone conquer Troy or something. Like it's just it's very glorious. It's very fabulous. Very fan- fantastical, I guess. Um, the soundtrack is really cool, um, and uh, the script itself is ridiculous. I mean, the whole the whole movie is about Tom Cruise 
Tom Cruise's character coming to terms with the death of his friend from the first movie, um, and like um, him inheriting that legacy and how it sort of is impacting his his new assignment. Um, I still maintain the funniest scene is when they're on the beach and they're playing American football. Mm-hmm. And, and John Hamm, I said this off mic, John Hamm, the character, he's playing as like some sort of colonel or commander or whatever. And he comes up to Tom Cruise and he's sat there topless wearing aviators, look like he's just been bronzed up. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> specifically for that scene. And he's like, John Hamm is like, you're supposed to be training for this super dangerous mission that you're going on. And Tom Cruise goes, oh, you, you asked me to build a team, so I'm building a team. And it's like this, the camera pans these topless guys, all bronzed up, sweaty, rolling around on the sand, playing American yeah. football as the sun's going down like a drenched in the Californian sun. I just thought it was hilarious because it's just so ridiculous. Like it's, it's yeah, yeah. But it, the script does take liberties, doesn't it? In that sense, and that's the point. And I think I am totally in line with what you're saying. The word ridiculous is what sums it up, but it's purposefully ridiculous because the liberty of that is that. So that scene basically goes from you've got a disjointed team and suddenly he's playing American football with them and they're all high-fiving and lifting each yeah, other. Yeah. Like, there's no real like progression of that. It's just kind of all of a sudden they're all a team and it's like, oh yeah, we're going to do that so we can put this line in and then bang, this moves us on. And that's the point is that it is like looking back, it's kind of a comment on that genre from the past and the original Top Gun is like, those films would take those liberties but playing it straight like this is we are seriously making this film whereas when you watch it like that is ridiculous so we are now purposefully going to make it ridiculous in the knowledge that this is ridiculous and that's why i respect the film a lot because of that um uh, self-awareness and ability to go look we we are gonna do that we're gonna make it good still that's the key it's still got to be good because if it was naff and they were doing that then it won't be enjoyable but because the rest of it is executed so well that's what makes that ridiculousness work in the style it does i sort of pick up on nostalgia what you're saying then about you enjoying watching other styles of action series and how nostalgia is quite a big thing in all of them and i think very much so in Top Gun Maverick, there's two layers of nostalgia there. There's the nostalgia in the plot. So as you said, Maverick's whole issue throughout it is trying to come to terms with the death of Goose in the first one and then his son being under his uh, training and his son basically not liking him because he, as he says, pulled his papers. So it delayed his training for four years because his mum asked him to do it. So then he wouldn't get in a plane because he didn't want him to die as well. So there's this whole tension building up there. But there's the nostalgia built within the plot of them looking back at that basically plot and that time that's shown in the first one. But there's the wider nostalgia of Top Gun Maverick to Top Gun, which is obviously always inherent inherent with any film that is a sequel that has been made so long after but there's something i think beautiful about how they play with that is because there are a lot of callbacks as you'd imagine i mean every film that is been remade like that does have a callback but some do it quite badly and on the nose whereas even though some elements of this are on the nose that fits into this whole structure they've built of the tongue-in-cheek nature of it. So it's quite cleverly done. So the obvious nature of like the bar that they're in, 
the woman that he falls in love with and uh, the people that he knows and his uh, former um, uh, colleague who then becomes his superior but has got cancer and then dies in it and that emotion. There's the nostalgia all the way through, but there's nostalgia that's built for the viewer because you are linking that. And I think it quite cleverly uses nostalgia as a real thrust for the plot that works but also as something that the the viewer and the fan can enjoy in that element so there's there's two layers to it and i think that is quite effectively used within it what would you say nostalgia as a kind of wider tool is um well how is it important how is it utilized in not just top gun but in in films like this in general well the thing is it's like i mean the way Hollywood operates now is that basically movies only get made for sort of major cinema releases like this if there's a franchise behind it, yeah. Um, because that it makes sort of business sense to do that. Um, if there's a movie being made, it's like, well, you know, where's the sort of financial investment for for it? It has to be more because you have to make more money. Um, it's very money centric, money driven, and um. I mean, there's no way this movie was ever not going to get made. Um, I mean, Tom Cruise is basically one of the highest... I think he's the highest paid actor in Hollywood right now. Um, and it's... A, the the film is built on a legacy that people enjoyed. The first film is like kind of like a, a bit of a bit of a, cl- a cult classic, I guess. Um, is it even a cult classic, though? I don't think it's... It's just, it is just a classic action movie. Um, and... Legacy, I think, plays more to. I think it's more. I think it says more about the state of Hollywood cinema. I think on a sort of broader political, cultural sense, in the sense that like, it was never not gonna do well because it's got a lot of money behind it. It's built on a legacy. It's built on a, on a pretty safe sort of, um, sort of choreographed kind of film regime. I guess it's very you know, you have a section of the movie that talks about the past. People love the past. They love romanticizing the past. And then the issue, it moves quite quickly. It's very truncated. You know exactly what's going to happen. You know that Tom Cruise isn't going to fail. There's no jeopardy involved. And you so you already know at the start of the movie that he's going to be successful. The excitement comes as to how he's going to do that, basically. Um, and that's the legacy of most action movies. Um in Hollywood, which is why I kind of I've got into those 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 action movies recently, um, just because I kind of like the the fact that there isn't that much jeopardy really um, in them. There's like they're they're all they're very conscious of what they're doing, and 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 legacy plays a huge role in terms of making money for Hollywood. So there's that aspect of it, but I also just think nostalgia and legacy is just it's just nice to look it's just nice to look at it's nice to watch. Yeah, it's, it's nice to experience. It's comforting, isn't it? Exactly. Like you, you go into that movie knowing what you're going to get. And some people might say that's artistically dead. Um, I don't know. I think there's a place for both. Um, I think there's nothing wrong with making movies like this. I think it's good fun. It's good popcorn watching. I guess the problem, to caveat my other point, the problem comes when all of cinema is just that. Um, yeah, and when it's just made for the next one. And this exactly, is where I can get more yeah. on board with this because... It's not like this is, yes, this is a follow up to the original, but it's not made with the idea of a series in mind of films. And well, this is where I, my, one of my biggest frustrations with this style of film comes is because it's made for that that purpose in mind where I, rather than going, 
oh, here's a style of film. I might not necessarily connect with it that much, but I can feel complete at the end of it. And the end, the end of this, it felt like completion, not, oh, here's a teaser for the next one. What's he going to get up to next time? The little rapscallion. And like, oh, come on, just give us something. That's when I'd argue the art is, is dead, is when it's like we're just doing it for the next one. Well, in an interview with Tom Cruise, a lot of reporters were asking him, when's the next Top Gun movie going to come out? And he literally said, I've literally just released this one. Um, enjoy this one. Enjoy the nostalgia of this one, and then we'll see. Personally, I think it'll be a mistake if they make another Top Gun movie, because where do you go from there? You know what I mean? It's not like, where do you go from there? Um, I think it'd be a, a huge mistake. Um the Mission Impossible movies, on the other hand, I mean, it's basically the same movie, really. Um, but I guess the, the Mission Impossible movies are kind of like there's a different storyline every 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 film. They're part mm. of a franchise, but there's a different storyline. So that kind of works. Whereas this one is all about... It's built on a legacy, and that's important. And therefore, it makes for good storytelling for yeah. this one movie. And it tied up loose ends. Exactly. Like. And it should just leave it there and acknowledge yeah. the fact that it's a du- it's a double film. See it as two sides of the same coin. And that's why it works. Um, and, you know, I think that's why it was fun to watch because you knew that... Because, I mean, I never, I wasn't even alive when the first one came out. Well, both of us weren't. You know what I mean? So it's like a lot of people go, oh, you know, I remember when the first one came out. It's just like, well, I have no sort of emotional attachment to it. Or nostalgic attachment to it, but I like the fact that a movie's built on nostalgia. It makes me want to go and find out what it's built on. Mm-hmm. Basically, what's all the fuss about? Why is this movie such a big deal in cinemas? You know, what what's where 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 has that come from? So I'm always interested in tracing the origin of that hype. I guess yeah, yeah. Um, it just makes for interesting film viewing and makes it a little bit more interesting than maybe what it's intended to be. I don't know. Um, it's similar to what's happening now, right, with the new Lord of the Rings series. Um, mm-hmm. I haven't sat down to watch it yet, um, but that's built on a legacy, and I'm scared to watch it because I love the originals. I mean, I grew up with them, but that's that's part of my childhood. So it's like, again, it's building on legacy. Um, and this is where nostalgia is powerful all around. It is, exactly. It, it, yeah. It's dangerous but effective, and this is what I'm saying. Like, I think in here it's, it's used to good effects and it's not overdone, but nostalgia can be exploited um, in many ways, and this is where you end up with a lot of kind of dead sequels or trilogies yeah. and stuff like that because it's like just for the point of playing on people's nostalgia. I'm going to move on from there because we could yes, just go let's... on about nostalgia for a long no, time. We... I'm sure we'll pick it up in some other films. It's the pain from I just want to quickly Marcus. fly through a few other uh, topics because we're going to have to wrap up relatively soon. Um, but what I just wanted to say, one limitation that I think comes with this tongue-in-cheek style, not necessarily with the style, but I think to how tongue-in-cheek, wink to camera is done, is this idea of, the patriotism and the idea of service. He's, he's always trying to serve someone throughout Maverick. He's, uh, whether it be the Navy, whether it be himself, whether it be Goose, Goose's son, Goose's wife, is always there to serve someone. And I think that, yes, that is played upon as, as part of this style of like, oh, yeah, look at him always doing his duty. Um, let's have a little laugh at it. And also, I think it is a bit of a laugh at that style of film where it's overly patriotic and you can picture those films those action films where it's like american action films where it's overly done on the patriotism but i would argue with this one is that i don't think it's entirely tongue-in-cheek i still think there is an element of it 
that they want the audience to watch and be like, yeah, good on them. Like, for example, when um, the guy who's a bit of uh, a rogue but doesn't get in the, the starting lineup for the, the flying squad. Oh, yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he comes and saves him at the end. Like, he shakes his hand and says, I think the line is, give him hell. Yeah. There's yeah. still that element where, like, you can see people who are invested in that strand of patriotism being like, yeah, go, you know, that, I still yeah. think they're caught in that element. Like, I there's definitely a point and laugh at it a little bit and how cheesy a lot of these films are and how cheesy the first Top Gun is, but they still caught that audience. They're by no way in this film 100% going, that's ridiculous. They're going, that's 70% ridiculous, but we're still going to leave enough leeway in there for people to feel that patriotic emotion. So that's that's the limitation that I think in it. And I also want to make sure we don't miss the discussion um, very quickly on the filming style as that was mm. uh, talked about a lot in the build up to it how intensely they went after filming within the planes themselves and there's so many great shots when they're in these flight sequences in the cockpit which is obviously a classic shot but this is done real world um, for the most part and you get some unbelievably high octane flight sequences as obviously a lot of the film is built around that and I think that adds to the success of being able to balance the cheesiness with how well executed the action is. Because I think the action is executed really well in it. And so by doing that, the balance is there. If that action was a bit naff and cheesy, and again, you can picture the type of film where the actions are executed very well. I don't think it'd work, but that gets the balance. Could you quickly, Callum, give your thoughts on both both of yeah. those uh, aspects, if you would? No, I certainly agree with the element of like patriotism. There is that kind of like, yeah, um, we're gonna we're gonna laugh at some elements of it, but we absolutely cannot laugh at the 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 the, the mission of defeating evil, which is definitely not in Russia or China. Um, yeah. There is there is an element of that, isn't there? It's like um, give them hell. But then again, it's like I, I guess I can laugh at that because I know it's ridiculous, but it's whether other people take it seriously. I don't know. Um, but like, I mean, but I think when yeah, they give the, enough leeway for those who want to take it seriously to take it seriously. That's take what it I'm seriously, saying. and then yeah, yeah. No, very true, very true. Um, I did. I actually the the um the flight sequences were actually I think the most exciting. That that end bit with the the sort of the nine minute is it? Do they have the nine minutes or thirteen minutes or something? To fly, oh, they're, in a, they're in and out in like two minutes thirty, aren't they? Oh yeah, two minutes. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, why did I get thirteen minutes from? Um, but like, it's just that that sequence. Oh, it was just. I thought it was great. I was on the edge of my yeah, seat. It was. Yeah, and then the was... extra bits on top of that is where it goes yeah. off on a bit of a tangent for then yeah. an extra flight sequence to have to go. It's like oh, okay, this is pretty clever. Yeah, yeah. It's just like I remember. Like it was like I was, I was, I was. I couldn't take my eyes off the screen. Like. I was. I thought it was. That was an. Ex, that was a really, really exciting um, uh, piece of filmmaking. I thought really exciting. Um, so yeah, I agree with both of those points. I mean, the thing as well that I quite liked about it as well is the fact that like I can. Um, it's it's exciting enough um, that I can kind of ignore the the patriotism aspects of it. Yeah. In a way, just because there's so much more. In it that I could, that makes me smile. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. So that was yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Callum. Right. Let's get this wrapped let's, up. Let's wrap I feel it up. Like we've yeah. we've had a good bash at Top Gun Maverick here. 
I'll start us off by saying, as I opened up with the caveat of action, not necessarily my thing, but what I really enjoyed about this was how it was a very self-aware film. Love that tongue-in-cheek style. I think the managed the nostalgia well for the fans of Top Gun, but also to give a really nice through line from the first film to the second and make it a complete narrative arc, not just we've made a second film for the sake of it. That was good. And there was just funny moments. It was funny. I like the cheesiness of it and how it was shot to kind of be like, look at this. Films in the 80s were cheesy. Let's make one like it, but knowing that we're doing it, that was good. And the action, must say, was very good, especially those uh, flight sequences as we were discussing. Really enjoyed that. The limitations were that it was still a bit naff, even though I think there's so <laughs> much tongue-in-cheek can cover up a bit of naffness. It's like, okay, yeah, we we're making it naff on purpose. Great, and I like that, but also it's still a bit naff. Like, lacks a bit of depth, which I would never fully be able to get past. That's my frustration there. And as much as I enjoyed it, I was compelled by parts. But at the opening, I feel like a lot of it was just for fans of the first. And I wasn't, I'm not a fan of the first. So didn't get as much from that. But all round, good. And from the moment where I heard about this coming out, not being excited, I'm a lot more excited by it now after seeing it. So I'm going to give it a good 8 out of 10. Callum, what are your thoughts? Mm. Um, I'm going to give it 8 out of 10 as well. Uh Largely because I mean, the it was never so. It was I guess the film was never meant to have any depth. Um, uh, it was it was always supposed to be this sort of like fun popcorn action movie, and it delivers. That's like it does what it says on the tin. Um, and I can imagine sitting down on a sort of rainy Sunday afternoon, possibly when I'm hungover, and watching this movie um, in bed, and just being and switching off a little bit, and just being mildly entertained. And that's exactly what this movie is. And it's fun. It's fun to watch. Um I think it's filmed very well. I think the um the there's 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 elements of in, in there that that make me laugh. Um and it's just you know you know that someone's gonna be successful, I guess. It's just quite a nice movie to watch. There's no mm-hmm. there's no jeopardy there, I guess. Um which is it's good. Um there's nothing more to say really, other than the fact that the soundtrack so I I I quite like the soundtrack. Yes, which um, was iconic in the first, so yeah. it is good that they've maintained such yeah. a so like sort of nineteen eighties kind of camp soundtrack. I quite like it. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I really want to go fun. and play um, that style of American football now that they play on the beach. Oh yeah, where they're both playing offense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, I mean, that was. That, I mean, it was cheesy, but it was a clever little analogy. Yeah. That they run about both playing offense and defense at the same time. It's like okay, yeah. Yeah, like that. I just yeah. say best, best scene. Best yeah, scene it really is. That is the best scene in the whole movie. And I yeah. want to go in that bar so much. Like that yeah. looks like quintessentially. And play great and balls of sh- play great balls of fire yeah. on the on the piano. And I'm sure you could attest more from your American trip, but that's what I imagine American bar to be like. Um, and I want to go in it. Oh so yeah, let's make that a thing. Let's try and find that bar. It's probably in California somewhere. Yeah, done. Um, Sorted. Handshake yeah. on that. Yeah, but yeah, uh, eight out of ten. All good. I mean, Fantastic. it's not it's not pushing any boundaries, but you know, it does what it says on the tin, and I quite like it for that reason. So, thank you very much, Callum. Well, there we have it. We're back. We've had our summer break, and we've dived straight in with a new release, Top Gun Maverick. We got to go back to the cinema, give that a watch, and that's what we thought of that. But that's not the end. We are back on a roll now. We'll be giving you more regular updates. And we teased it last time. There's a few 
other little projects in the works. So let's just say there might be a few more interviews and other explorations of our wider interests coming beyond just these reviews. Give us a review if you don't mind. We always appreciate them. If Callum has not minded you some point on the streets to do so, please do it of your own accord. We are very grateful when you do. But keep on listening. Keep on watching films. That's the most important because we will and we'll be back very soon with another episode of the Glacé Film Club podcast. But until then, we'll see you all later. Bye-bye.